about his childhood and his background. If did something happen to him as a kid? Did he? I know this is kind of like a an almost kind of a character caricature caricature of a serial killer. But hello, class. Um, just just a quick word. Yeah. Okay. It is nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm sitting here trying to record as usual. Finish up an episode. I have like a little bit. This is the uh, Fabiano murder. And some little asshole is out there whining and carrying on and throwing a temper tantrum. So I thought, well, I'd, I'd do what I did last time. And sit here and chat with Jens. And eventually he'll quit. So, how's everybody? Oh my god. He is climbing into the, the den, my studio. He's like perched on top of the baby gate. And... Oh, God, I can't win with him. And in case you're thinking, no, there's nowhere I could, like, put him. If I locked him in the bedroom, he would pee all over and just out of spite. Because, I mean, I know him. That's the way he is. And ruin everything he could. Oh, kids. So, yeah, here he is. Here he is. Did you hear that big plop? He's in here. Um... Remember when I first started doing this, I said something generic like, hi, everybody. And I look back or sometimes I listen to those and I'm like, oh, that sounds so stupid. It's also like generic. And then I guess the more I've done this, the more comfortable I felt with like myself and just podcasting and talking. And I started to get good reviews and responses and, um, I, I just developed more of my own personality. So one time I was just, I mean, it just came out. It was just like, hello, class. And I, I'm like, that sounds cool. Here he is. What? You want to be a lap hug? Uh, all right. Do you want to talk to everybody? Do you want to say hi to the students or the teacher's pets? What a load he is. He's like 20 pounds. I'm sure you can hear him snorting. Um, Nathan, that's enough of that. So, um, I meant this to be like a little Thanksgiving-themed chat session. And I think everybody else in the world says Thanksgiving. And it must be a Pittsburgh thing that we say Thanksgiving. I don't know. But I first noticed it when I was a kid. You know those parades they have every Thanksgiving with the floats? I used to love those when I was a kid. I get up like, you know, some ungodly hour on Thanksgiving morning and stop it. Sit there and, uh, you know, watch the parades. I'd be all excited. And um, everybody on TV would be like, Happy Thanksgiving! And I'm like, why do they all say it that way? Thanksgiving. That's just weird. Like, I, you know, maybe maybe it's a TV thing or like a celebrity thing. I didn't know any better. And then I realized everybody else in the world, except for Pittsburghers, say that. So I'm like, okay. I mean, it eventually dawned on me that it was a Pittsburgh thing. 
it's cold here. I woke up and the furnace was on and it said it was like 50 some degrees. I'm like, damn. And I, he just burped like right into the microphone. I took um, Nathan out and it was cold. So I want to talk about Thanksgiving or I know Americans celebrated in November and Canadians in October. And I don't know, it, is it, do other people around the world celebrate it at all? Tell me what you do for Thanksgiving. Do you have any, like, special, you know, traditions or things or stuff you like to eat? Or I go over to my mom's, which is, like, right across the highway, and she makes really good food. And I love Thanksgiving food. I, um... She makes sweet potatoes, yum, mashed potatoes, yum, and stuffing, which are like my three favorite things. And then she'll make like a shitload of this stuff and she'll give me um, leftovers and Tupperware containers. And I eat these things for the remainder of, well, as long as they last. And um, I think my stepbrother and his kids are, are coming up, which is cool. They live in Virginia. And I don't eat turkey. I don't like, don't, I wouldn't call myself a vegetarian, but I don't really like meat. Well, I don't like it. It's strange. I'll eat like a Big Mac or a hot dog. I honestly don't know what's in those or like, is that meat? I don't know. <clears throat> but I've never been big on meat. And there's a common myth I'll talk about now, in case you didn't know. You know how everybody eats Thanksgiving dinner, and then there's a joke like everybody's sleeping. And there's a common misconception that it's because they had turkey, and there's something in turkey called tryptophan, which is true, but it's also in a lot of other stuff, and that tryptophan makes you tired. Well, that's a myth, because I don't eat turkey, and I'm still tired after I eat if you pay attention, if you find yourself eating a big meal, like any time ever, you're going to be tired right after because all your blood is in your stomach digesting and it's um, not in your brain. If I'm, I'm, I think I'm explaining this right. I don't know. It's not keeping you awake. So that's why whenever you have a big meal, you feel like taking a nap. And then there's me. It's like a I've been up for six hours. I need a nap. That's what it's like to have fibromyalgia. It um, depletes all your energy. It feels like um, some vampire has come to you and just sucked all your energy out. And you, you're just like a rag doll with no, no energy. I think I used to have energy when I was a kid. Because I remember I was always like jumping around and hopping around and dancing. And I remember... Look, I look back on that, I'm like, wow. And then, like, my mom will be, okay, bedtime. And um, I'd always fuss because I always like to stay up at night. It's like, night is my time. That's when I'm on. I've always been that way since I was, like, as long as I can remember. It's just when my brain is on and when I'm at my best. So, yeah, I'd be like, no, I don't want to go to bed. I can't even, like, really remember what it's like to have energy or not to hurdle it all the time. I first realized I had fibro when I was like 30. 
And I knew what it was immediately because my mom has it. It's, I think it's like genetic. And my aunt has it too. So I, I kind of knew, kind of suspected, like, oh shit, you know, I got this disease. And I don't mean to uh, whine and bitch and complain because I do enough of that, really. But little public service announcement. If you know somebody who has a disease, either like fibro or lupus or I don't know, anything, and, you know, they say, I'm tired, or I hurt, or whatever, respect that, because even though they might look okay, don't say stupid shit like, oh, well, you don't look sick, or, you know, you don't look like you're in pain, or you don't look disabled. That's the worst thing you can say to somebody like us. It's like, we want to punch you. We, we really do. I, I, can, um, I can guarantee that. That's like the most offensive thing to say to somebody who's has like a chronic pain disorder. So yeah, definitely try not to be, even if you don't understand it, don't be judgmental. Don't be a dick, basically. And say stuff like, oh, if, if you'd exercise, you'd feel better. Or get out and get some fresh air. Or uh, stuff like that. Just don't say it. Nathan's still on me. He's a load. Oh, um... These are just ideas for us to talk about. Uh, I know we have a, uh, there's a group on Facebook, the, you know, the group chat. Show me your pets. I mean, I know a lot of youngs and I, I've seen your pets, but I'd love to see more. I'd love to see, I always love to see pictures of pets. You know, this is so-and-so and, oh, you know, this one's so-and-so. And anybody who follows me on Facebook knows I put up a, at least one picture a day of Nathan, or him and me, or, you know, him doing all kinds of things like uh, laying on the bed, or sitting on the bed, or, <laughs> like, we don't do much, and he's three, so he's still young, but he is as lazy as me. We just slept for like 12 hours, and he was cuddled under the covers right beside me. He's, he's a good bed pug. When I first got him, when he was a baby, he he was just this bouncing, you know, he wouldn't be still. He was always like boing, boing, boing all over the house. And I'm like, oh, he's never going to be a bad pug. But I think, I don't know, I, I had him for maybe, I don't know how long, before I started turning him into a bad pug. I remember I was all excited. Okay, it's um, Tuesday morning, and uh, let's see what's going on. I just, I'm worn out because I swept and mopped the living room. And for a normal person, that's probably not a big deal. But for somebody with fibro, it's like, I'm totally exhausted. And I'm going to need a nap after I record for a little bit. And I took a shower and I, I have this obsession with whip soaps. The things that mostly see them advertised online, and I I probably have like fifty different kinds of them, and they come in like a jar, and they're like all fluffy, and some of them look like icing, and they smell really good, and that's like my uh, obsession. I I just love the the feel of them. They feel so I don't I don't know how to describe them, and the smells oh. But anyway, I got um, 
a new kind. It's called something carnival something. And the picture of it is, it's, uh, the, the soap itself is like turquoise and pink. So I'm thinking, well, cotton candy, you know, cotton, like fairground looks like cotton candy. So I thought it would smell like cotton candy. I open it and I'm like, this does not smell like cotton candy. I don't know what it smells like, but I don't like it. I thought, well, maybe if I put it on myself and then use it, it's going to smell different. And um, I don't know what it's supposed to smell like. It's some kind of burnt food. I smell like a burnt marshmallow or burnt toast. And I'm sitting here and I, I keep smelling it because it's like it keeps you know, coming off my arms, I guess. And um, it's, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll give it to my mom. Maybe she'll like it. But uh it's real cold and ugly here today. It's like 50 or something. I don't know. Like rainy and grilled nasty. And we have this, I don't know what you call it going on. They're building an Amazon center, like a warehouse about a mile up the road from here. And I have mixed feelings on it. I'm excited because I love Amazon. I buy shit from them like all the time. And it's so close that they could pro literally almost throw it out their window and it would land on my porch. And it it's nice that I'm sure that's going to be a lot of jobs. And of course, you want to see something like that in your neighborhood to, you know, boost our economy. But they're bringing the supplies in from, I don't, I don't know where, but the point is that for the past at least a week, all day, starting real early, like six o'clock in the morning, you hear these big trucks, like 18-wheelers, coming up the highway, which is like right outside my house. And somebody, like a, somebody who didn't have the sensory problems like I do might not even notice it, but I notice all the noise from the trucks, and it's, uh, kind of irritating but yeah a lot of stuff gets on my nerves as you probably figured that out but I'll be glad when I don't know when it's supposed to be done but I'll be happy when it's it's here and I'm doing the research for the case I'm working on which is the Armin Mivas and I'm really gripped by this one it's I've always been fascinated by this story. I first read a book about it, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. Because this happened like early, like 2001, 2002. And as soon as I became aware of it, I'm like, what? You know, that's so fucked up. I got to read about this. And I don't know when you're going to hear this episode or if you we're talking about in in the future. So um, by the time you hear this, probably at least one part of that episode will be out and um it's it's such a fascinating case for so many reasons just the the bizarreness of cannibalism i mean that's that's weird in or so taboo to us for so many reasons this case is so sad because both of the the killer and the victim are just such disturbed, tragic individuals. And it's, to me, like, the more I read into them and their pers personality and their motives and everything, it's more sad than disgusting, I think. 
it's unusual in that the killer is, dare I say this, very likable. Everybody says how polite he is, even in prison. Every act he did with the victim was consensual. And the case was so controversial because it's like, well, if you eat somebody who wants to be eaten, is that a crime? And I mean, it, it brings up so many philosophical issues. And both of them were so troubled. Nathan's out there wanting. And I want to tell their story. Like, uh, I don't, I want to, I don't want to concentrate on, look how disgusting this is. Look how sick these people are. But more from the human point of view, like both of these dudes had problems stemming from their childhoods. And they, it was like the perfect storm. They met each other. One wanted to eat somebody and one wanted somebody to eat them. And they found each other. And there's so much psychology to get into to explain how this happened. And those are the kind of cases that I like. And um, I, I, I hate to use this phrase, but can really sink my teeth into this one because there's so much psychology involved. Stop it, Nathan. I've never met such a clingy mama's boy.